Hello and welcome to Bit Party, a show where we take minor details from popular movies and use them to create ideas for new movies that we then sell to Hollywood for $4 million. This week, we fight Rasputin with the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. This is Hellboy. Thank you for listening to Bit Party. My name is Brendan Cotta. My name is Jared Cotta. And I'm Marshall Cotta. Okay, guys. So here's <laughs> okay. the thing. We're all from San Diego, as uh, we've talked about in the past. And a very special thing happens in San Diego every year called Comic-Con. Yes. Yeah. This year it happened in uh, about mid-July. Uh-huh. And uh, even though we couldn't make it there nor put out to this Bit Party in time, we still wanted to pay homage to our uh, our hometown and one of the cool things that happens there. So you could consider this sort of the Comic-Con episode in some ways. And we will be speaking not about your more traditional comic book characters. We always do a Batman at the beginning of the season, and we always do a Marvel uh, movie at the end of the season. So we didn't want to go outside of our usual yeah. schedule. Yeah. Instead, we picked this movie. And Marshall, can you tell us what movie we watched for this episode? For this episode, we watched Hellboy. Hey, you're Hellboy. Shh. I'm on a mission. This is the original Hellboy. I want to make that very clear. Yeah, this that's a not, really good point. This is not your 2019 crappy Hellboy. This is the original Guillermo del Toro directed Ron Perlman starring Hellboy. <laughs> This was, a, this was a pretty good movie. The Hellboy we all deserved. This is the Hellboy that, yeah, if they had just remade this story... It would have been great. I'll get into it later. Yeah. You know. But first. But first. This is some people's favorite part of our podcast because it gives them things that they can, they can stop listening to our podcast and move on to watching whatever we recommend. Because even <laughs> if we're bad podcasters, at least we know what we like in, uh, in pop culture. Yeah. So I want to go through and hear what everybody's watching this time. Or has been watching when they're not making Bit Party. I will go first. There we go. All right. <clears throat> I have been watching the show Shameless on oh, Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I, everybody has been had been telling me for a long time to get into this show that I would love it. And I finally dipped my feet in and I cannot stop watching it. I'm super addicted. I'm sure a lot of people have already watched it. But, um, man, I fucking love it. I feel like it's the role that William H. Macy... Well, I don't want to say that because he's an awesome actor and he yeah. can do well in a lot of things. But William yeah. H. Macy kills it in it's this It's such role. prime William H. Macy. Yeah, he is awesome as Frank Gallagher. Yeah. And, and all the kids are really good actors. Yeah, I know. I'm always surprised when I see it how, like, the acting is fantastic. And I'm, I'm only into the second season, but the acting in the in the first season when they were the youngest is really, really impressive. I, I really highly recommend that if people haven't started it. Brendan, what have you been watching lately? I have been watching on Hulu the entire series of Adventure Time with Finn and Jake. Yes! I watched it for a few seasons when it was originally airing on Cartoon Network. I used to watch it with, with Marshall and Landis. And I really liked it. And so now I wanted to go through and watch it episode by episode and really get the full story. Mm -hmm. It's so fast-paced, it actually works really well on a streaming platform. Oh, I see. We've yes. talked about other shows that got popular before streaming platforms like The Office, where the uh -huh. pace kind of make, changes the story a little bit. Yeah. With this one, because they move so rapid-fire from like 
one story to the next, the next, the next, the next, that it ties in really well. You just plow through episodes. So I, I really recommend this one if you haven't seen it already. Yeah, I, I like the show too. It's so colorful. It is one of those cartoon shows that I think really ushered in sort of a new era of cartoons where yeah. the, the animation is really like loose and kind of uh, squiggly. It's in some ways nonsensical, but still has some story linearity. That's an awesome show. I should start watching it too. Definitely. And of course, Tom Kenny is in it. He Tom is, Kenny is so good oh, in yeah. that show. Tom Kenny's in American <clears throat> every. What is, who does he play in that? He plays, he plays a lot. He plays the Ice King primarily, uh-huh. who's like one of their oh, main villains slash yeah. friends. Yep. And then because the world is so expansive and huge and they can do whatever they want, they use Tom Kenny as a talented voice actor to just fill in these, like, random one-time characters. Nice. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Tom Kenny is very famous for being the voice of SpongeBob. Yep. There we go. Yeah. But he yeah. voices a ton of characters. Yeah, so much. Marshall, what have you been watching? I just finished watching Chernobyl. Oh, you just finished it? Nice. Just finished it, yeah. Tell me the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do, do not they make do that. it. Do not do that. <laughs> so yeah, did they save uh, the power plant? <laughs> <laughs> really, really interesting show. It keeps you captivated the entire time. Uh, it's super cool to uh, to get insight on what went through the minds of everyone who worked on it, especially the main scientists behind it. That was an interesting thing too. Was uh, making one character out of what was really. Uh, quite a like a handful of scientists that really worked on it and uh, kind of condensed it down into into one guy uh, or a couple of guys rather. That's a really good idea. I didn't know that they did that. That's cool. Yeah, and then they you know they showed all the uh, like actual like historical uh, uh, videos and and pictures of what really went on. And man, I mean they did a really good job of capturing what it was, but then seeing that stuff afterwards and just seeing what it really looked like, man, it was, oh, had to be be intense. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have told me I should watch that show. Oh yeah. Because I really liked it. I just want to bring up that both of the shows that you two are watching are like super high rated on IMDb and and Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Adventure Time was at 100%. No way. It's in the 100 Club. It's in the 100 Club. (laughs) What else is in the 100 Club on Rotten Tomatoes? (laughs) Adventure Time. Adventure Time is up there with Paddington 2 and Toy Story 2. Ah, the two most perfect movies. (laughs) Couldn't find a single flaw. Not a single flaw in (laughs) Paddington 2. <laughs> We're gonna have to watch that at some point because that's insane that it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And so there you go. If you're deciding that you're gonna turn off Bit Party now and go straight <laughs> to Netflix, then you got some things to uh, look forward to. But if you're gonna stick around with us, we are going to talk Hellboy. Hellboy is a pretty cool movie, and like we said, it was directed by Guillermo del Toro, and he is very well known for sort of his mastery of puppets and makeup. Yeah, yeah, he's the master of horror. Well, I, I wouldn't say that all of his movies are horror. I would no, say he's very true. he's very fanciful. Let's I would say let's say like Master of Monsters kind of. Yeah, he's he definitely does. the Master yeah, of Monsters, right. and and he is really well known for uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Yep, and a lot of other movies that have really impressive costume design. Yes, he's definitely one of those directors who has a very clear like creative vision that he brings to all of his movies. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that his his style is. So noticeable, I would put him in the same kind of category as like a like a Wes Anderson, yeah, or in yeah. the category of the Conan brothers. Absolutely. His style often, in some ways, reminds me of them. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people that really like this movie but haven't seen it in some time. Um, 
And so, yeah. I'll give you a little taste. And this was the movie that we picked for the Comic-Con episode because it is a graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a comic series. Hey, hey, hey. Morning. Code Red. They're playing our song. Come on, champ. Let's go fight some monsters. The movie opens up in 1944, right towards the end of the Nazi regime, <laughs> historically speaking. And, and Grigory Rasputin, yes, that Rasputin, is working with the Nazis to build this interdimensional portal that will summon, I don't know how to say the word, Bryn. Oh. Uh, Adrud. Adru Jihad. Adru Jihad. Uh, yeah. They're, they're on a jihad. <laughs> and the, the beings are the Adru Jihadis. The Adru Jihadis. <laughs> and if they free these hellish creatures, that is supposed to be what help, will help Hitler win the war. Mm-hmm. Well, the Germans are close to opening this portal when a crack team of American soldiers <laughs> comes in at the last second, guided by a young scientist named Trevor Broom, stops them. And they think that they've stopped. So as they're purveying the scene, and they they think that they've killed Rasputin, Mm -hmm. they find that he had released one demon. Yep. And it's a little red ape creature with a big giant stone hand. And that is the birth of Hellboy. (laughs) (laughs) He comes out of this portal. He's supposed to be a demon from hell. But perhaps with some good parenting <laughs> and some tender love, he can turn into a, a regular person a hero. from hell. A regular human from hell. <laughs> this is how babies no, are made. No, a hero. <laughs> He's a hero. <laughs> a name we all came to use. We called him Hellboy. Cut to 60 years later, and we're introduced to our boring main character. Oh my god. <laughs> John Mayer. No, John Meyer. (laughs) He is an FBI agent, and he's just been transferred into the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. And he was personally scouted out by Professor Broom to be the caretaker of Hellboy. Who's the squirt? Agent Myers is your new liaison. I don't want him. Yep, Scouted out somehow. Like, in the movie, they say that uh, he was pulled because he was the top of his class, Mm -hmm. among other things. But he's, like, grossly incompetent. Yeah. It shows throughout the whole movie. Like, he's less qualified than, like, Clarice Starling in the beginning of Silence of the Lambs. And she's a trainee. Yeah. He's introduced to some of the other members of the Bureau, uh, including Abe Sapien. Uh, and Abe Sapien is an amphibious humanoid <laughs> that is super smart and psychic. And then the other member of the Paranormal Bureau is Liz Sherman. She's like a fire demon. <laughs> but she is not in the scene yet because she checked herself into a mental hospital for uh, for killing tons of people. <laughs> for lighting entire city blocks on fire. Yeah, because yeah. she has a little trouble controlling her power. Could be outside. You mean outside with her. Don't get psychic with me, fella. Next we cut to these mountains in Moldova. And... Ilsa, who was the lover of Rasputin Mm -hmm. back in 1944, she's still alive because she was given some spell to keep her alive. Yeah. She has teamed up with Karl Cronin, who was Adolf Hitler's top assassin and is too mean to die, literally (laughs) too mean to die. He's turned himself into like an android almost. Yeah. They are in Moldova to resurrect Rasputin. Yeah. This is where I want it. So Rasputin is back in the scene. He's back on... on, uh, uh, in the movie. And this is what I wanted to kind of talk about. John John Myers, 
and Rasputin. These are two pretty main characters. Yes. And Brendan, you had a little problem with uh, with these characters, though. I just thought for this movie that was so exciting and had such cool character design that those two characters in particular were pretty boring. Like, compared to Hellboy and compared to Abe and Carl Cronin, they didn't really do anything for me. It was surprising to me that they were cast and allowed to do the most forgettable job. And I think just because everyone was focused on, like, Ron Perlman's incredible performance. Yeah. Well, look, start in, okay? You got nachos coming. Mmm. Nachos. Rasputin has activated this resurrecting demon, Samael. And it's like a uh, like a dog, essentially, <laughs> like, a, like a hellhound slash. Uh, like it also swims. Son of Nergal, hound of resurrection. See, I don't like that. Rasputin has released Samael onto the city of New York or mm-hmm. wherever the hell they are. I, I'm assuming. <laughs> I think. I think. I don't know if this whole. Oh, they're in New Jersey. They're in Jersey. Yeah, yeah they're in New Jersey. Oh, just so, <clears throat> par for the course for New Jersey. <laughs> That's normal for New Jersey. <laughs> so he's released these creatures into the. At the very least, he's released them into the world. One of our first scenes that we see, one of the first action scenes, is Hellboy fighting this Hellhound, and um, and he kills Samael. But the problem is that's a resurrection hound. It keeps coming back, and it res- it resurrects into two additional. Yeah, creatures. Yeah, because so every of time the spell. it dies, exactly. So it it starts laying eggs all over the sewer system that will unleash this like terrible monstrosity onto the people of the world. But because Hellboy is indestructible mm-hmm. and he is kind of a loose cannon, he hunts these dogs in a reckless way. And it is really causing a lot of trouble for the the city and for the CIA or the FBI director. Yeah, right. Who's played by Jeffrey Tambor. This is like the movie before Arrested Development. (laughs) (laughs) Those exist in the same world. This is, yeah. He basically plays the mayor of Whoville again. Jeffrey Tambor plays the same character in almost everything he's in. So picture him in Arrested Development. This is exactly who he's playing. How many escaped this year alone? Five. Tom, he's our guest, not a prisoner. Yeah, well, your guest happens to be six foot five, bright red, has a tail, and is government funded. So he's trying to put Hellboy into... Uh, he's trying to suppress him, sort of, mm-hmm. and, and keep him locked up. But, of course, once he realizes that uh, these monsters are probably something that you need an, another monster to fight, then uh, he kind of allows him to go on one last mission. If he can prove himself then, then uh, they will probably be a little bit lighter on him. Yeah, yeah. He wants him to go on one single mission without destroying buildings. Mm-hmm. The next thing, unfortunately, that happens is Carl Cronin is taken into the lab at Professor Broom's bureau, and he ends up killing Professor Broom, who Hellboy sees as his father. He won't eat. He won't sleep. I've never seen him like this. Never. Rasputin wants Hellboy to follow him to Moscow. Yep. So that he can reopen that portal yeah. and activate the say it for me again, Brent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the the Agdu Jihad. So it turns out that the mission that he was doing in the beginning had nothing to do with the Nazis. He had been lying to them. He was trying to bring about the end of the world mm-hmm. with these octopus creatures. Exactly. It's very HP Lovecraftian. <laughs> Hellboy and Agent Myers are in Moscow now. Mm-hmm. 
with Liz, and they are in this mausoleum, and this is where Rasputin wanted him to be led the whole time, so he could inspire him to take up his actual role as the the, the bringer of, of, destruction. of destruction. Yeah. When Rasputin finally has Hellboy in his clutches, and he tells him his true name, which is Anung Unrama, he, like, starts to smoke from his nose and, like, big horns form from his head. I really like that look for Hellboy. Yeah, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Like the, the, the crown of fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in between his horns. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty dope. But, fortunately, Myers is able to convince him to remember his true self. He throws him the rosary that was around his father's neck when he was murdered by Carl Cronin. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. Oh, yeah. it reminds Hellboy that he does not have to be a demon that brings about the apocalypse. He could be uh, a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool dude. And he can make his own choices. He's not beholden to this, this destiny. And Hellboy uh, comes, comes to, and he realizes he doesn't want to do that. He breaks off his horns, and he stabs it into Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a pretty cool death for Rasputin. So and cool. They, but Rasputin is not dead. He turns into this tentacled behemoth. Again, another H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft creature. That's been living under his skin the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hellboy has to defeat him by being swallowed into the belly of the beast and activating this grenade belt <laughs> and it's a pretty cool scene that is a really cool scene and the very end is hellboy and liz sharing a kiss because she realizes that she, he is the only one that will survive being friends with her because <laughs> he's fireproof so true and and that's how it ends with hellboy getting a pretty happy ending yeah yeah that's good and agent myers watching Sore in the morning. So I wanted to ask: had had both of you seen this movie before? Like before we watched it for this? Yeah, I used to think this was a great movie. I've watched it a few times. Me too. I hadn't watched it in maybe five years or so, but uh, I definitely like this movie. Yeah, I'd seen it a few times. What about you, Marshall? It's been I've only seen it once, and it was a long time ago for me. So I'm glad I saw it again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I thought it was good. I really enjoyed the fight scene, like in the uh, in the subways, um, and I really disliked the part where um, Liz goes on like the little date. I hated that that was a part of the movie at all, like the date with, yeah. with Myers. That I was really a really did. weird part. Like no, this I did is too. the girl. Yeah. This is the girl you're going to try and date. Is this demon's crush? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah. Like you were brought on to like help this person. You really want to cause that rift? That sucked that Myers chose to to pursue Liz for whatever reason. But uh, it makes sense for Liz's character because she spends the whole movie trying to gain a sense of normality, and uh, Myers basically blends in with wallpaper. The uh, the uh, unsalted pretzel. <laughs> that is John Myers. Myers the unsalted pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really like this movie. I uh, like I said, I had watched it a lot, and um, this is, I think, is one of those instances where the character, the actor they got for the main character, is so perfect for the role. Mm-hmm. Like even if the newer Hellboy hadn't been poorly written, there's no beating. Ron you can't Perlman. be. Yeah, he was literally made for this. Yeah, <laughs> all they had to do was paint him red and like shave down the horns that he grows naturally, and have Hellboy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and I and like I was saying before, you know, they they should have just tried to get Guillermo del Toro to do the the new one again, and not relied so much on CGI. Guillermo del Toro does an amazing job at doing this, and yeah. it always pays off because it ultimately looks more real. Yeah. Than the computer animated version. One of the things I'm finding the more modern movies we watch is that a bad action movie could be instantly made better by giving the director chair to Guillermo del Toro. Because <laughs> he did it with Pacific Rim. Any other director, Pacific Rim oh. would have been a bad schlocky movie. Yeah. But he just like does it up to the nth degree to make it like incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, that was, uh, you know, that was some fun times. And, and Brent, you read... Uh, Hellboy, the graphic novel. I did. What were some of the key differences between the movie and the uh, and the novel? Actually, I think that the no- or the movie actually does the story better than than the original. Oh, really? Yeah, than the original oh. comics. Um, one of the, a few of the main differences are things like Hellboy's father dies almost immediately, mm. which is crazy because the whole story is about how Hellboy was made to bring about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of decides not to because he had a cool dad. Yeah. And so to get rid of him right off the bat was an interesting choice. Oh, another thing that the movie added was the big fight with the Nazis. Oh, okay. They don't even have that. They show up at the spot where Hellboy's created, and the Nazis are somewhere else entirely. But I do really like other later installments into Hellboy mm-hmm. because I think later on they realize that he's this big indestructible monster. Mm-hmm. And so they started making his his books into a series of short stories where he just goes in, gets kicked around by a monster for a while, says some of his quips, uh-huh. like, ah, crap, or this is going to hurt, and then eventually he, uh-huh. and he walks away. I see, I yep. see. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 yeah, they created something that was, like, basically indestructible, so, like, there's no drama inserted into it. You're just here for the ass-kicking and... Exactly, and, yeah. Like, in the second movie, he's in a castle that explodes. Uh-huh. And they just find him among the rubble. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. One of the best comics I've ever read is called Hellboy in Mexico. If you haven't read it, definitely check it out. And it's, I don't know, maybe a few dozen stories of Hellboy just drinking tequila and walking around fighting monsters in Mexico. <laughs> he befriends these groups of brothers that are all like luchadors. That's awesome. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's so awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Guys, I need to know something. Okay. I need to know the bit part that stole your heart in Hellboy. Because we got to pitch some new movies that can now, at this time, I didn't think it was going to be this way, but we have to save this franchise too. <laughs> we, we saved the DC franchise last episode in our first episode of this season, and now we have to save Hellboy. That that property. Let's do it. So this is what this is basically what we're here to do. We're the heroes for these studios, these movie studios that are <laughs> ruining some of our favorite characters. We're here for you. We're here for you. We got you. We're, we got you. So, with that in mind, I'd like to hear some bit part characters and some uh, some interesting pitches, and I, I need them to be good. <laughs> okay, I need them to be good. I think I've got a good one. Okay, Brandon, why don't you go first? The bit part that really stole my heart in this movie was uh, Carl Rupert Cronin. Okay. Carl, as you mentioned before, is introduced as Hitler's top assassin uh-huh. and the leader of the Thule Society, which is Nazi Germany's occult society. Okay. He doesn't talk, wears a gas mask. And his primary weapon are these blades attached to his wrist that he, like, spins. Yeah. He is a fantastic villain. Yeah. He is yeah. so much more of an effective villain, I think, than 
uh, Rasputin. He's basically like a Nazi Darth Maul. That's true. That's yeah. a great. That's a great comparison. I would like to pitch a movie where it shows him after the events of Hellboy's birth uh-huh. as the primary antagonist, leading this group of occultists in Nazi Germany. Interesting. What I would like to pitch is kind of a superhero movie. Right now, unknown World War II superhero goes to fight a threat led by this magic group, or that is caused by this magic group led by Carl. Yeah, well, they even say in Hellboy that the war didn't actually end for another 10 years after Hitler's apparent death, so there was some sort of magical war going on yeah. in between there. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of canon. That's, that's, that's a good idea. Marshall, what is, what is your bit part? So my bit part is uh, Dr. Jenkins. She is the woman who is escorting Hellboy to uh, one of the holding cells to be, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Held. Held, (laughs) Held, yeah, right. (laughs) After he's been kind of naughty. uh, Yeah, after he's getting in trouble with Agent Manning and the FBI. Right, yes, exactly. You don't see very much of her. So I was thinking it'd be kind of cool if one of the tests that she runs is uh, harvesting some DNA from each of the monsters that she captures and performs experiments on how to create like a super monster with all the DNA and all of the powers that each of the uh, separate ones hold. Interesting. Ah, that's good. So, so you would turn her into like a villain. Right. Well, actually, right. I was thinking instead of a villain, it sounds like what she's trying to do is she's trying to create new agents for the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense, but that don't have their own personalities. Oh, I mean. So she's yeah. trying to manufacture a person uh, that will replace Hellboy because they need his powers, but won't have the free will that Hellboy has. Oh, that's, that's really a little interesting. better. I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a pretty good one, Marsh. Yeah. Right on. Uh, pretty unique decision. My bit part character is not necessarily such a bit part, but maybe maybe it is because the character was played so poorly <laughs> or written so poorly. I am going to do Grigory Rasputin. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Bit party favorite. I know. We've Grigori talked about him Rasputin. a lot. We talked about him in the Indiana Jones episode. Uh, he was a severed head at that point trying to uh, find his penis. Uh, no, I, if you don't know what we're talking about, then I sh- would encourage you to go listen to our uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. It's a doozy. It's one of our first early ones. <laughs> In my movie, Rasputin is still in Russia. It's before World War II, before he's teamed up with the Nazis. And he's just sort of first dabbling in the dark arts and in summoning the Adru Jihad. And he's starting to figure it out. But also the U.S. has had their eye on him for all the mischief that he's causing in Russia. Mm-hmm. And they... I, I want it to be sort of the... How the Bureau of paranormal research and defense is formed. Oh, so I know that they, they kind of touch on it in, um, in Hellboy. In fact, I think that they refer to that as being how it is founded, Mm -hmm. but I want to do away with that canon a little bit and, (laughs) and make my own. Sure. So, uh, I don't know exactly, uh, everything that would be included in that, but I think that it would be really cool to have, to introduce a few more of the paranormal creatures and also, it would be a good battle between 
uh, Rasputin and the, the whoever we have as the main character. And I kind of want it to be a dark comedy. Oh, I like that. So I want to switch up the the tone of the film because this movie is a little bit funny. It has some humor in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So so why not go and double down maybe on that? And we'll get Guillermo del Toro to direct. Oh, please. Sweet. Okay. Please do. Those are three pretty good pitches. Mm -hmm. Very comic-y. Very uh, uh, comic book centric. (laughs) Very good for maybe we'll be at the next Comic Con. Pitching this movie or, or, or premiering or previewing this movie. Um, but who are we going to go with? This may be the first time and only time in Bit Party history where I don't like my idea best. I actually think that uh, you guys came with some solid pitches. And I think it might be fun to actually go with the Rasputin idea to uh, like dabble in the comedy side of things. I was thinking I, that too, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I accept that invitation all right, we're a couple of funny boys. We could make this happen. Yeah, I'm sure we could. Uh... <laughs> well, you know what I like about mine is that there's l- limited to no Nazis in it. <laughs> That's fair. There's not really a comedy tone They're when not... it comes to the Third Reich, so uh, I'm a little bit happier that it takes place before all that. Not that your character isn't great, Brendan. In fact, your character is probably one of the more interesting characters in Hellboy besides the main character. But thank you for picking mine. Yeah, no, I, I liked yours. All right, since we're going with the the Rasputin kind of backstory idea, mm-hmm. um, I have one thing that I, I want to talk about with Rasputin that I think could work in really well with this movie. Okay. I watched a, a miniseries starring Adrian Brody where he played Harry Houdini. Okay. And at one point, they talk about a trip that Houdini made to Russia to meet with the Russian royal family and kind of perform for them. It was sort of like an espionage yes, mission, yeah. right? He's sent over there by the U.S. government okay. to spy on them and to gain information. And at one point during his visit, he talks with Grigory Rasputin, who is at that time like the mad monk. He has all this power in Russia. He's, he's greatly feared. Mm-hmm. And Houdini does his trick where he asks somebody, punch me in the stomach as hard as you can, just punch me. Mm-hmm. And he clenches his muscles up. So when they punch, he's so used to it, Nothing happens, and the person walks away humiliated. Okay. So he plays this trick on Rasputin in the miniseries. Really? And, yeah, and it's humiliating for him. He's supposed to be this all-powerful, fortune-telling person. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that in our movie he has real magic, he meets with this famous American magician, I think that could be a cool Uh, addition to our movie. Uh, Okay, so that's actually really cool. So that has some historical relevance. uh, And since this is supposed to be a movie about uh, like paranormal things, Mm -hmm. I I think that Harry Houdini fits in pretty well as maybe the, the hero. Yeah, yeah I film. like that. Yeah, that, like that's that. a really, really cool idea. And I like that he has talents, not just if we want to give him some magic, we could do that, but he's also just like a crazy good sleight mm-hmm. of hand, hold his breath, things like that. Escape artist. Whoa, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, okay, that's that's a really great suggestion. All right, so Harry Houdini is probably going to be the protagonist for this film. Before we get into talking about the actual uh, pitch, mm-hmm. I just want to remind the audience that this movie that we're pitching right now is worth four million dollars for us we're gonna sell it to the studio for four million dollars <laughs> each of us gets 1.25 mil yep landis that bastard gets <laughs> two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for his shares for his shares yep and this is our contribution to the world of pop culture and then we get some money and um uh, 
we're really hoping that this one sells. Yeah. I and mean, I think this is a good good opportunity, a really good opportunity. Get this at a premium. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, the, the movie studios. The movie studios. This is ripe for a second comeback that actually does well. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Jump on this. Start from scratch. Don't do the Hellboy thing to start, but set it up for a new Hellboy. Now... For The Dark Knight, we went a little off the rails. Mm-hmm. We were getting excited, and we were just, like, pitching all these things, and we were weaving this complicated story, and it was it was good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That Green Lantern reboot is going to be good, but uh, we want to get back to our, our more structured format. So we do a beginning, a middle, and an end. We should try to cast it throughout to try and get the... So you can paint the picture. Yeah, so the audience can visualize. The audience... Want, I want the audience to visualize. Uh, so let's start where all good movies start, the beginning. Open up to a scene in Mother Russia, snowy landscape, and Rasputin, like I said, dabbling in this early mysticism and dark arts in order to bring about the end of the world. Very cool. And he is trying to summon these demons. Nice. And, uh, Bren, you had a little information about his character in the comic book. Yeah. Which I think can help us kind of gather up more characters that are going to be in this film. Yeah, I feel like he's a lot more interesting in the comic books because um, the way he's described, or the way he describes himself, is he starts off as this guy who just hears voices. He clearly Mm -hmm. has some, he's kind of crazy, but he feels like he's very important. Yeah. He then meets uh, with the Baba Yaga. Oh, awesome. The witch. From Russian folklore. Yeah, who lives in a house uh, with chicken legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who kind of helps him channel his abilities better. Ah. And it's at that point when he starts to dabble more, he becomes more seriously a, a wizard. <clears throat> and mm. less of just this crazy person who goes around uh, trying to, like, like a con artist. Yeah, and I want to keep huh. our, our, our listeners in the mindset of the comedy aspects <laughs> of this. So... There's a lot of slapstick going on as he's summoning demons. Yeah. And some I of like them that. are really silly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I like this idea of... Like shadow puppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Who knows what's happening? Uh, yeah, some of them are totally worthless. And... <laughs> and uh, but the, ca- the casting is very important here. So, Brent, you had a great idea for... Rasputin himself. You need like a kind of psycho-looking younger individual. I wanted to cast John C. Riley, but you convinced me that we need a a young, a fresh face, a fresh no, a fresh face necessarily, but a fresh-faced Rasputin. Yes, a younger yeah. Rasputin. So, so who do you think for that? Here's my idea for a good young Rasputin. Okay, I think that if you took Caleb Landry Jones, okay, who best is known famous for, for uh, he, he's best known for his role in Get Out. Where he plays the crazy brother oh, yeah. of the, the girlfriend who brings the main character uh-huh. to meet her family. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you took him, made him play that similar kind of Joker-ish role, and threw a long beard and long hair on him, he would be an incredible mad monk. Yeah, I think that he would be good. And he is a character that can be a little bit more serious. And I think that if he's very serious when all around him are kind of goofier characters Uh and actors, I think that that would actually play kind of well. That'd be good, yeah. Yeah. And I think he could do a good job showing Rasputin's descent into madness. Sure. Which he has to do. Yeah. But I want to also cast the Baba Yaga. And when I think (laughs) of... His best friend, the Baba Yaga. His best friend, (laughs) 
this crazy witch. And I think that this would be a, a challenging role for this actor because the Baba Yaga is supposed to be a woman. But I'm very excited. <laughs> he's also like a grotesque, like forest monster. And I think that Danny DeVito would probably be the best character for this. So it'll be very much a Frank Reynolds type, <laughs> but in a witch format. I've never seen a picture of the Baba Yaga that didn't in some way remind me of Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> and we're huge Danny DeVito fans here. Oh, so, colossal. Uh, we, we, ha- we honestly don't cast him enough. No. So right. I can see him just, like, using his witch-like powers to, yeah. to bring, like, you know, again, he's going to be like a Frank Reynolds, so to, to be eating, like, trashy <laughs> foods and, like, <laughs> fart jokes abound. What I like is that the Baba Yaga is supposed to help Rasputin channel his power. So really, it's a mixture of Frank Reynolds and Phil from Hercules. Oh my god, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but doesn't the Baba Yaga also steal kids? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not like that funny to joke about, but it will be hilarious in this movie. <laughs> okay, so. Oh, I love Danny DeVito. So that's the beginning. The beginning is we're introduced to, to Rasputin in Russia, and we're cut to New York City, a, a young Harry Houdini, who's doing some magic tricks, and then the U.S. government comes and asks him for help. Love it. Could do like a, he's performing to this crowd, and they come to his dressing room. Yeah, that's really good, yeah. And um, and so they'll, they'll walk into his dressing room, and when he turns around, I think that that's when we're introduced to Bill Hader, Houdini, Harry Houdini. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for a little while, ever since I came up with this pitch. That's a good casting. I think he, he, I like him in almost everything that he's in. Yeah, he's Uh, talented. So I think that he would really kill Harry Houdini. And he does a good job of playing kind of like the straight man in a comedy and also having this dry humor. That's exactly right, yeah. Uh, I want him to be a confident Harry Houdini. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want him to be kind of withholding the true extent of his powers oh yeah since there is magic in this and i want him to have a best friend and since we have a witch on the russian side i think that we should have a sort of a witch on his side uh, sort of akin to the salem witch trials this witch that got away Uh and was not uh uh, burned to death when he gets a proposal by the u.s government he says yeah but i need to bring this person if we're going to be fighting with magic i need to bring my magical uh friend yeah right his assistant. My assistant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be his assistant. could be a, like one that. of the Salem witches. <laughs> uh, so that's the beginning. We're introduced to our, our, our villain, Rasputin, and we're introduced to, to Harry Houdini. Um, so now the, the conflict here, he goes to Russia, obviously. He, uh, they, we can stick to the historical accuracy of him performing for the royal family. Yeah. Uh, and then there can be kind of intermittent clashes with Rasputin. I feel like, I the, like the humor will come in both of them trying to sort of one-up each other. Oh, or Rasputin yeah. being very intimidated by the fact that there's this other possibly powerful person. And yes. then also great humor between uh, the Baba Yaga and the Salem Witch. And I forgot to cast the, the Salem Witch. I, who do you think would maybe be a, a good character for, for her? If you pick someone from, like, Bridesmaids... Mm-hmm. Which is a fantastic comedy movie. Mm. I think you would, you could do a good job with that. Uh, okay, I was for a little while. I was thinking Kristen Wiig would be a, a great character, but oh, she's good. She plays across Bill Hader a lot already. But maybe I don't know, Marshall. What do you think? I think I've got a winner here. We cast Maya Rudolph. 
Okay, Maya yeah, Rudolph yeah, would be that's, that's yeah. the other person that I was thinking too. She would be great in that role. Yeah, so so she'll be uh, she'll be fighting the Baba Yaga against Danis Davidis, toe to toe with Danis Davidis. <laughs> I think one of the things that could be really funny is like you're saying uh, Rasputin and Houdini are facing off, and Rasputin is channeling this magic, and I think he should be trying to figure out in his madness how Houdini's doing his escape artist stuff, uh, which yeah. isn't actual magic. It's just Houdini being very talented and like flexible. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Yeah. he's going, he's getting distracted from his original goal to bring about the end of the world, and he's like constantly <laughs> obsessing over the the tricks that Houdini does, like pressing his face against the glass of like the giant water tor- trap. <laughs> <laughs> so the the conflict will be that Rasputin is kind of close to cracking this code already, mm-hmm. um, and he was he would almost be able to do it in Russia, but not for Harry Houdini taking some measures to either destroy the the artifact that he needs or yeah. or defeat him in some way and using his his magic and and maybe in the process he banishes the baba yaga to like i don't know some other parallel dimension yeah and send Danis Davidis back to where he belongs <laughs> <laughs> That's all fantastic. Um, there's one thing that we still need to do that we unfortunately forgot to do in our last episode. Oh, yeah, I know. We got to name go back the movie. to our roots. <laughs> no, we named the movie last time, oh, okay. but we forgot to cast the main character in all of our movies, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Dang it. we did forget last time. Yeah. <sighs> okay, well, let's make up for it here by giving him a, a, an awesome role. Yeah. What, what do you have in mind for, for uh, Jeff Goldblum? Let, let me prompt you by saying... I like that we have the two witches, but I feel like we need a few more mythical or magical creatures mm-hmm. to really complete the Hellboy feel. I'm I'm rolling with something here. He started uh, dabbling in his his music. What if we we make him some sort of a lounge singer kind of thing? Oh, one of the, in one of the places that they visit in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so he's uh, so Harry Houdini is kind of out in Moscow, and he goes to some bar, and that's where they see Jeff Goldblum as uh, as a lounge singer. But again, I like it. I said, let's bring in some paranormal creatures. What if, as he's singing, he starts to turn into a werewolf, and then <laughs> everybody in the bar turns into a werewolf? It happens to be a werewolf bar. Harry Houdini like turns around and they're all like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's at the bar and when he swivels his stool, like everybody's like a, a werewolf. And of course, Jeff Goldblum, being the silver daddy that he is, is like this gray-haired werewolf. Yes. Oh, I love it. And and I think that we're really making something magical here in a film that has both Danny DeVito and Jeff Goldblum. It's oh truly gosh. like the aligning of the planets. This is a perfect movie for us. This might get a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. So I botched that one. Oh, that's a botched job. <laughs> so we have our we have our villains. We have the the battle between Harry Houdini and Rasputin. The war that I honestly never knew could be so glamorous. <laughs> and of course, it'll end with Harry Houdini getting the better of him for this <laughs> time. But uh, Rasputin's not dead. I mean, that's not Houdini's bag there. Yeah. No. Um, and I think that. The movie will end with Houdini going back a hero to the U.S. government and he becoming the first director of the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Love it. So oh, him in the big that. chair yeah. going back and showing. Yeah. And it can, kind of, it can kind of zoom out, pan out, and it'll be my Rudolph sort of in there too. And then <laughs> it'll pan out more and there'll be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the piano. One of his first members of the, of the team. Hey there. 
That's great. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Oh, my God. I think this is a really good movie. I think this is a great movie. Give me that money. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that money. Before we spend the money that they're 100% going to give to us, yes. what are we going to call this movie? Spellboy. <laughs> Grade A Spellboy. <laughs> Turning tricks. Turning tricks Ooh. is pretty funny. Turning tricks. <laughs> that might be, that might be the one. That's actually a really good one. A winner right really there. Good. Danny DeVito in Turning Tricks. <laughs> you have to turn the trick or two. <laughs> Go into prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Turning tricks is it. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> then let me ask you this, fine gentleman. We have a, we, this was this was solid. Mm-hmm. This was real. This was real time. Big time pitch. Big time. If I didn't care about art so much, I would probably ask for five million dollars. But I, I'm not gonna Ooh. do that. I stay very true to my word. You. I stay true to my word. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to have $1.25 million in my hand, and I'm going to be compelled by the forces of Hellboy <laughs> to spend it in one foul swoop on something probably not that meaningful. <laughs> but I want it to be sort of pertaining to the, the, the film that we watched, and um, I want to know what you guys are going to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. Marshall, why don't you go ahead and, and, and hit us with your idea? Yeah, I've got a pretty good idea here. So um, I was thinking of doing a cat sanctuary. Just oh, yeah. and And what has compelled you to do a cat sanctuary? It was seeing the kindness of Hellboy's heart when he saved the box of kittens in the subway station. Oh yeah. Yes, of course. That's and not only part. that, but it establishes early on that cats are his favorite pet. Yeah, that's like right. All over his room, he has He's a weird a soft spot for cats. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. So it's going to be a cat sanctuary. Is it going to be in mom and dad's house? <laughs> I might have to use part of my part of what I get here to buy a building. I, I'm gonna. That's definitely what I'm gonna do. Not gonna be in the house, but uh, yeah. Gonna have to go find a building, scope out a spot, and uh, create my meow nagerie. <laughs> well, Marshall, good. this is my only problem with that. You're gonna keep them in a in a contained building. You're not gonna let them be free range cats. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you should just buy like a big field and have a barn. There we go. <laughs> a bunch of barn yeah. cats. Well, I, I like it. Yeah, I think that's smart. That's right a really on, good right. one, Marshall. Right on. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I was pretty inspired by Hellboy's interesting gun that he uh, he created that shoots bullets that he also manufactures that have a bunch of little religious symbolism yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we didn't talk enough about the religious symbolism in this movie. We kind of glossed <laughs> over, but it's a really important component. It is. Everything yeah. about this movie has like sort of the, the religious tone. Um, and I feel like it might be the only thing that's missing from our movie pitch. Is the religious yeah, overtones? Yeah, yeah. We, we missed that, but it's okay. They can add that in post. <laughs> I was, like I said, inspired by that gun. And I think I'm going to create something, but I want to make it safe. 
I don't want to. I don't want a gun. Yeah, sure. I am going to make a holy water super soaker. Nice. So yeah. It's like safe to everyone, but like vampires. It, yes, exactly. There you go. Most people, it's just a super soaker, but to demons, uh-huh. it is a very powerful weapon. Oh, I like that. You know? Yeah. And uh, I like to have that handy. But the reason that it's going to cost one point two five million is because you know, very similar to like the Vatican, uh-huh. it's got to be gold, gold covered, right. blessed and, by a priest, and blessed and bejeweled. And uh, made from things that I've stolen. <laughs> there's, a little, there's a little dig. Ouch. Made out of gold from my con- from the conquered nations. <laughs> and you, it's gonna so be you're going to retake the Holy Land. Well, yes. And to make these guns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Work with the Vatican to make it so the gun blesses the water inside. That's smart. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so you can just add tap water and it becomes holy water? <laughs> it becomes holy water inside. Oh, yeah. That's going to for sure cost me. Well, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, that's a good idea. I mean, that's why we have 1.25. So, that's yeah, right. I'll have this gold-covered, beautiful super soaker mm-hmm. that sprays holy water. Blessed by the Christian God. <laughs> 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 Usually, I, my my purchases are a little more Jewish themed, but yeah, this one's quite the opposite. This is the one, I mean, made of myself. Holy water, clove leaves, silver shavings, white oak, the wakes. Brendan, what are you going to spend your one point two five on? So, when Agent Myers shows up to his first day at the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense, the way he gets down into their labs is by standing on this platform that acts kind of as an elevator that lowers him down. Okay. And on the platform is the insignia for the Bureau, and it's this cool thing that's hidden in the floor until it starts to lower. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that would be cool to have, I don't know, in a house. It would be difficult in our apartment, mm-hmm. but maybe in, like, Mom and Dad's house nice. that lowers down into, like, a recording studio. Yeah. Yeah. And what would the yeah. insignia be? Maybe like the Bit Party logo. Yes. There you go. Watch your elbows. We're going to go record. Unbelievable. <laughs> would lower us into our own Bit Party cave. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that, that probably would do away with your whole 1.25. I think so. At the very least. It'd be a huge inconvenience on mom and dad, but they, when they saw the result, they, they'd get it. They would get it. They would get it. Cool. Yeah. Well, there we go. This was fun. This was a great Comic-Con episode. We should continue to try to do... More of these, and maybe try and put one out during the the actual time of the convention next time. Um, but I like it. Yeah, this is again our, our homage to San Diego and our homeland. Yeah, I, I hope that more people will be listening to this after Comic Con. Maybe someday we'll have a booth at Comic Con. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be fun. Oh. Do a recording. Oh yeah, do like a live recording. That would be cool. Oh yeah, best comic book movie: Garfield: The Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> 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 oh boy that's what we're saving it's your move comic-con brennan why don't you sign us out all right thank you all for listening for bit party nakata brothers i'm brendan kata i'm jared kata and i'm marshall kata look out for turning tricks coming to a theater near you Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes, check us out now on Spotify, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at BitPartyPod. 
If you'd like to send us an email, we're bitpartypod at gmail.com. BitParty now has t-shirts available. Just go on Amazon and search Kata Brothers to grab yours now. This episode is produced by the very talented T. Coop. You can check out his music on Spotify or on his website. Just go to tcoopmia.com. That's T-C-O-O-P-M-I-A dot com. Tune in next time when we debate who's a better boxer, Rocky Marciano or Joe Lewis. Until then, we're the Cotter Brothers, and this has been Bit Party. Our ode to the bit parts that stole our hearts.